Senegal postpones its presidential elections and extends President Macky Sall's mandate, which was due to expire in April, by another eight months. It means the vote that was due to take place in February won't now happen until the 15th of December. Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading health and security risk services company. I'm Chris Giles. Well, to help make sense of what's happening, I'm joined by our lead security analyst for West Africa, Kiana Kataria, who's recently returned from a country visit to Senegal, and our security manager for assistance, Benedict Zimmerman. But Kiana, let's start by getting an insight into why the election was postponed. Yeah, so this decision was quite unexpected. It occurred over the weekend when President Macky Sall made a televised address to the nation. He basically said that the elections would be indefinitely postponed due to an ongoing dispute between the National Assembly and the Constitutional Council over the list of candidates that were eligible to run in this election. Just for context, a few days prior to that, one of the opposition leaders, Karim Wad of the Senegalese Democratic Party, had been excluded from the presidential race and he had called for an inquiry into the constitutional courts over its vetting process and had basically accused two of their judges of corruption. So some very serious allegations then. What's happened as a result of that? What was quite surprising was that several uh, ruling party MPs voted in favour of his motion, which then led to some speculation that President Macky Sall's party saw this inquiry as an opportunity to postpone the vote, uh, potentially over concerns that their candidate, uh, Amadou Ba, uh, may not win in the first round. And what's the reaction been like amongst opposition politicians in the country? The National Assembly voted in favour of postponing the election to the 15th of December. So initially what was being discussed was a six-month delay, but there was a last-minute amendment to this due to concerns regarding some of the logistical challenges of running an election in August in the middle of the rainy season. But the vote was very tense. A number of opposition MPs actually had to be escorted out by gendarmes after trying to block the proceedings. So they did not participate in the vote. But essentially the bill passed because of MPs of the ruling party, but also Karim Wad's Senegalese Democratic Party voting in favour of it. So at the political level, there's been a lot of condemnation. They've said that they will appeal to the Constitutional Council basically to question the legality of the extension itself. So, Kiana, how has the decision gone down in the country with the general public? There were some protests on Sunday, so the day following the announcement of the postponement, with the security forces using tear gas to disperse crowds that had gathered in Dakar. We also saw some reports of opposition leaders being briefly detained by the police. And there was also some limited unrest in other cities in the country, such as San Luis and Sies. But beyond that, the situation has remained quite calm. Is it unusual that we haven't seen many protests? That's essentially because of quite a harsh response from the government. So obviously, 
over the past two years or so, Senegal has faced a political crisis. We've seen periodic anti-government protests since March 2021 in support of opposition leader Usman Sonko. He's another candidate who was deemed ineligible by the Constitutional Council. Usman Sonko has faced several criminal charges, which his supporters claim are politically motivated. And we've seen a number of demonstrations in support of, of Sonko coinciding with key dates in his trial and the criminal proceedings and then eventually his sentencing and arrest. These demonstrations reached a peak in the spring of 2023, also amid speculation that President Macky Sall may attempt to evade term limits and, and seek re-election. And over the past two years or so, the government has also been criticised for its increasingly authoritarian response. So we've seen that they've dissolved Usman Sonko's party, the Pastef party. There have been a number of arbitrary arrests of political opponents and protesters. They've also periodically suspended access to mobile internet. And that is something that happened again so mobile internet access has been disrupted. And that is obviously something that has proved quite effective in containing protests. So that is kind of what explains the absence of protest activity at the moment. So there's a quite a heavy security force presence in, in Dakar. But also the fact that they've suspended mobile internet is also making it difficult for people to mobilize. Okay, Anna, you travelled to the country recently. Did the conversations that you had while you were there give any indication of what's now happened? So the contacts that I met with in country were obviously concerned about the country's democratic decline and the fact that we've seen increasing restrictions on the right to protest, arbitrary arrests, etc. And something that was interesting for us to look into was also what that means in terms of of political stability in the country. So obviously in West Africa as a, as a whole, we're seeing a trend of military coups. And I wanted to try and understand as well if, if there was a risk of that happening within Senegal. But from the people that I spoke with, the impression that I got was that they assessed this to be highly unlikely. So Senegal is actually the only country within the region that has not experienced a military coup. And traditionally, the military tends to not intervene in political life. Having said that, you know, whilst we still assess that the likelihood is low, we're also kind of in uncharted territory here because it's also the first time since 1963 that an election in the country has been postponed. And it's also true that many people consider Macky Sall's move to be unconstitutional in and of itself. So the situation will remain quite volatile over the coming days and weeks. Obviously, at the moment, it seems as if the government response has been quite effective in containing protests. But we'll have to see what happens, because obviously, when mobile internet is back up and running, and potentially when the government finds it difficult to maintain this level of, of security force presence across the capital, then we might start to see people gathering. And obviously, we're in for quite a protracted process now with the elections being delayed until mid-December. OK, thanks for the moment, Kiana. Now let's get some advice from our security manager for assistance, Benedict Zimmerman. And Ben, given what's happened, what would your advice be for organisations with operations in Senegal? So uh, as we've just heard from Kerna, 
the situation in Senegal is quite volatile for the moment and we're likely to see the same for the coming weeks and months. So now is the moment that organizations have to ensure that they have plans in place on how to react to that. That means organizations must review any plans that they currently have, make sure that they're current and realistic and that they can be implemented on a short notice. And any organization that does not actually have a plan yet should draw one up as soon as possible. Ultimately, anybody operating in the country will have to know what to do in case of a period of sustained unrest. If any protests break out in the vicinity of any uh, location that they're operating in, any accommodation of their international travelers or of their expatriates or any other location that they frequent very often. Additionally, organizations should have the ability for their staff and country to stand fast if that is required. So people should have enough food and water to stay at the same locations for up to three days, but also have access to communication devices that could still work if, for example, the internet is disrupted for several days. So have redundant and multiple ways to ensure that communication can still take place and information can be disseminated timely and accurately to anybody who needs to know what's happening. So both on an organizational and on an individual level, People should ensure that they have access to real-time information, for example, through alerts, and know what to do if something happens. People in-country will have to know what the plans are, what their role in the plans is, and when those plans are implemented. So what the triggers are for the implementation of backup or business continuity plans. And Ben, with regards to workforce operating in the country... What do you think they should bear in mind right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we've seen uh, we, there over the past few years, basically, uh, in Senegal and especially in Dakar, protests tend to break out at uh, more or less the same spots over and over again. Many of those locations are within the plateau district of Dakar, but also very frequently along the main route between the city center of Dakar and the airport. So on any days where protests or demonstrations have been announced, people in country should ideally avoid those locations, uh, if that is not possible, because, for example, um, they are due to arrive or depart on that day and have to access the airport, they should make sure that a the routes are clear before setting out, um, that they have flexible itineraries. So if, for example, uh, because of the last minute developments, they um, may miss their flights, that this is still um, in line with their general travel plan. One option might be to uh, um, proactively relocate closer to the airport, for example, the day before your outbound flight. Um, there are several hotels that are closer to the airport um, and that may access uh, allow for easier access to the airport than uh, a commute from the city center. And if required, if the situation is really um, tense, um, it would also be uh, feasible to organize a secure transport um, for that uh, transfer. Additionally, um, we... Uh, as as we said, for the um, similar to the the organizational preparedness level, people should ensure that they have the uh, confidence in their accommodation and the security measures implemented there. Um, that they, uh, if necessary, could stay there for two to three days. That they have sufficient medication that they may need, sufficient cash, su sufficient fuel, um, because ultimately, even if the security environment. Uh, may not require it. Uh, the operational disruptions could be so severe that people may still uh, require those things um, to, to ensure that, for example, they stay healthy and, and still have access to the medication if that uh, resupply is uh, interrupted. Okay, thanks, Ben.
And finally, I wanted to bring back our lead security analyst for West Africa, Kiana Kataria. And Kiana, I wanted to get your thoughts about the future. What's next for Senegal, do you think? So we're in for a period of uncertainty. I think what is interesting is, you know, the speculation that the ruling party wanted to force an election delay because of concerns that Macky Sall's chosen successor, Amadou Ba, would lose. So there is some speculation that perhaps the ruling party will now try to replace Amadou Ba with another candidate or potentially that uh, President Macky Sall will go back on his word and try to seek a third term in office as well. So that is something that we need to monitor over the coming weeks. Macky Sall did say that he will be organising a national dialogue to basically ensure the conditions for a free and transparent election. Obviously, now the opposition will be submitting an appeal to the Constitutional Council So it's currently unclear if they would be willing to participate in a national dialogue and what that might look like. So that is something to monitor in the coming weeks as well. What is also interesting is that the ruling party has obviously used the inquiry into the constitutional court as a pretext to delay the vote. And in doing that, they are acknowledging that there might be the potential for judicial bias. And this is linked to a long-standing grievance among the opposition. They've accused the government of using the judicial system for political gain. So notably in the criminal cases involving Usman Sonko, the fact that he's been excluded because of criminal charges against him. So the fact that they are now basically using this inquiry as the reason to delay the vote potentially then opens up the possibility for Usman Sonko and other politicians that have seen their candidacies and validated to once again basically challenge that decision. Okay, Kiana and Ben, thanks so much for all your analysis and advice. Well, that's all for now, but just a reminder that you'll be able to access all the latest information and updates for Senegal from our website at internationalsos.com. And from there, you can find out about our global network of assistance centres. They're available to clients 24-7. But until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.